Real Presence Live. That which is beautiful will manifest itself in truth and in goodness. Local. The challenges that we're facing in our generation, we just need the gospel. I mean, every every culture, every generation just needs to know how the gospel applies. Engaging. We don't bring any life at all to the church. The church is, is the life. It gives us the life. Live. The reality is, He is all things beautiful, capital B. And so anything that is authentically beautiful draws us, even if we don't realize it, to God. Welcome to Real Presence Live on Friday, March 18th. I'm Karen Gibas. I'm along here at the Mustard Seed with... Brett Eckert. Good morning, Brett. How are you? Oh, I'm great. Nice drive. It was a beautiful morning, so I can't complain when you see God's creation, right? Exactly. The sun is shining here in the Rapid City area. The sky is clear. It's a beautiful day. Yeah. No snow on the ground. It's all gone. I know. It's even a pleasant temperature. Yes, it is. I don't want to jinx it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it might come soon enough. So we'll find out, though. We'll find out. We'll see the weather reports. Well, it's going to be a great show today. Uh, But before we get started on today's interviews, Brett, do you want to lead us in prayer? Of course. Pray in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Heavenly Father, we are grateful for this day, for another opportunity to grow in our love of you, to grow in our relationship with you. We just ask for blessings upon this conversation today and all of our guests. We ask for uh, hearts to be open and ears to be uh, open to you, Lord, and how you are speaking to all of us, to all of our listeners, to everybody who's uh, partaking of this show today. We just want to thank you, Lord, for the amazing blessing that you are in our lives. May we continue to grow in our love of you and desire to know you more uh, and just bless our time together. We ask this all through our Heavenly Father as we pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us of our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you, Brad. It's always great to start any any morning with prayer, but especially a show that is going to hopefully touch so many souls today. Yes. Well, we are going to get started right in our first interview. We have joining us on the phone today, Father Jeffrey Kirby. Father, are you there? Yes. Good morning. Thank you so much for taking time to join us today here on Real Presence Live. Could you uh, start off our interview by telling our listeners just a little bit about yourself? Yes, I'm a pastor of a parish our Lady of Grace uh, in Indian Land, South Carolina, a papal missionary of mercy. I also teach over at the local Catholic college, uh, Belmont Abbey College, and I'm a trained moral theologian and periodically uh, write a book here or there on spiritual or practical matters. Well, that is very, that's very impressive. Um, I just, I was doing a little bit of uh, research before we got on, and I was checking out your website and your your long biography, and it was very impressive, and I couldn't wait to have you on today. <laughs> oh, good, good, good. Thank you. Yeah, my mom helped write that. <laughs> <laughs> God bless every mom out there. <laughs> Amen. Well, yeah, well, thank you. As uh, as uh, Karen said, thanks for joining us this morning. And you just mentioned how uh, you have a new book that just came out. Uh, would you mind telling uh, our listeners a little about the book that uh, that you just wrote? Yes, I'm really excited about this. It's entitled 
glory and to glory of primer on ascetical theology. And, and the book is really for any Catholic Christian, but, but especially for that Catholic Christian who's begun to take those first initial steps to deeper discipleship. So, glory and to glory of primer, I mean, to introduction. Ascetical theology is the more advanced term for what we call spiritual theology. So, it really describes the interior life, uh, addresses a principal truth, like, for example, our life before the fall. But what did sin do to us? And right now in popular preaching and teaching, that's not even addressed. How can we know the gravity of sin if we didn't know or not aware of life before sin? And then, of course, the application to our own life, so the workings of grace, which really we've lost in theology today and are, and are fighting to retrieve a real theology of grace back into the, into the life of the Church. And then the purgative way. So what does this look like to the Christian who is taking those first steps and you're beginning to kind of feel the, the pull and, and, and the difficulty uh, of the purgative way. Okay. Well, that sounds really captivating. So I'd, I'd ask, what, what motivated this, uh, the writing of this book? Yes, I've noticed that even in my own preaching and teaching, oftentimes uh, I go broad and general, uh, trying to address as many hearts as possible, trying to get the basics of the gospel message into the hearts of, of baptized people, and I realize that oftentimes the, the group that gets a little neglected are the ones who have said yes, who have said, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm going to fan into flame the graces of my baptism. I'm going to give that personal decision to Jesus Christ. I'm going to live by the graces of the sacraments that I've received. And, and they want to take those first initial steps. Well, oftentimes, again, they, they, they get kind of neglected because we're focusing on, 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 the, on the broad group of, group of people. We're trying to get you know, the, the baptized in general to accept you know, just a call of, of, of their baptism. So I wanted to, to write something and, and give a little bit of, of spiritual nourishment to those among us who have said yes and are trying to take those first steps and saying, why is this so difficult? Uh, that, am I doing something wrong? Like, how am I supposed to understand, uh, you know, God's work within my life, my soul? So really it was, it was a heart for those initial, um, those, who, those uh, baptized who have taken those initial steps to really draw closer to the Lord Jesus. I want to make sure that they know there are resources to help them. Well, I think it's a, um, as you kind of said, it's it's that element of, of individuals who have made this decision who are desiring to grow closer. And I know a lot of times, uh, as you kind of mentioned, how we feel that uh, within our teaching that we do kind of have to make it uh, very broad and general to hit everybody. But I really like the idea of this. So um, with it, uh, you kind of hit on, and I'm going to ask you again, uh, what were some of the main points in, in this aesthetical theology, on these, this spiritual theology? What was probably like your favorite part um, to kind of dive into, to kind of help people know, and then what would you say is uh, how you would express that? Yeah, so the book follows, it's five chapters, and the book follows really the basic truth of, uh, of ascetical theology, and again, this is just a deeper level of, of spiritual theology. So the first is, is our first inheritance, a life before the fall. It addresses the importance of sanctifying grace and, and the preternatural gifts, these special gifts God gave to us before the fall. And then the second chapter is about the fall itself, our, our rebellion against God, and, and really diving into what that meant to our human nature and, and, and to creation itself. And then the third chapter is our redemption in Jesus Christ. And once, <laughs> once you understand what we lost in our first inheritance by sin, suddenly the redemption takes on a whole different dimension and, and depth 
that oftentimes, um, again, the average uh, Christian doesn't really get uh, that that understanding or, or, or that preaching. So the third part is our, our redemption, that the broad application, the, the, the real um, intricacies of what that means in terms of the work of, uh, not to be my redemption, my salvation, but the redemption of humanity. The fourth chapter is divine grace, and again, I just... The, the neglect that we have given to divine grace in the life of the Church is, is, is almost uh, a sin of omission. And then the fifth chapter is the purgative way, and, and, and the part that I particularly liked was chapter 4 on divine grace. Because when we speak about grace, it's, it's almost dismissive, it's become, become overly psychologized in some areas. But to understand the life of God, the triune God, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, dwelling within my soul. <laughs> that is grace, the life of God, His power within me. And I just think we have to retrieve that and realize God dwells within me. We are breathing, walking tabernacles when we have sanctifying grace within us. And then those different levels of grace, sanctifying grace, sacramental grace, actual grace, and the dynamics that the Holy Spirit uses in these different levels of grace. So I really enjoyed Chapter 4 on Divine mm-hmm. Grace. Well, thank, yeah. I mean, uh, it's it's beautiful because so as I'm as I'm hearing you talk and uh, we have it in front of us as well as we can see kind of uh, your outline of these these chapters and what it, what's beautiful to me is really it's it's the I'm call, I'm going to summarize it as the Kerygma 2.0, you know, like it's it's a more in depth um, declaration of that first gospel proclamation. Correct. Absolutely, absolutely. In fact. Uh, you hit the nail on the head. It's, it's those who've heard the initial proclamation, and they've now given that initial yes, and now they want to, to go deep in their relationship with the Lord. Well, and I think I'm going to kind of jump to this this idea of chapter 4, because I think it is kind of important for us to understand, because as you said, uh, grace is sometimes just kind of kind of glossed over. Um, but you were, you were talking about the different types of grace, how there's actual grace, there's sanctifying grace. Um, do you want to give us just a quick summary to our listeners on on the difference in kind of the understanding of grace within the Catholic understanding. Yeah, I, I would um, draw from the New Testament, and, and, and especially the teachings of St. Paul, and, and in our theological tradition, I would distinguish just maybe the two most pressing types of grace, and there are different other uh, aspects of grace, but, but the two is that we want to particularly focus on would be sanctifying grace, which is also called deifying grace in our tradition. It's also called habitual grace. And if we just look at the term habitual grace, it means habitual like a habitation, so a dwelling. And that is the grace that, of God that dwells within us. That was the grace of our first parents that was lost. It is the still familial relationship we have with, with God, the fact that we are members of His family, the fact that we have a relationship with Him, that, that God dwells, lives within us. And that's so important because... If we don't have sanctifying grace, we're dead. Right? Sanctifying grace is regenerative. It brings us to life. It also allows the Spirit to dwell within us. And the Holy Spirit is constantly at mo- movement and, 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 and action within our souls. So there's sanctifying grace. And, and we lost that in, a, in the original sin. That grace was not restored until the passion, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. And that grace could only be received by the sacraments. Only the sacraments. Like so, so of all the things, all the good things we could do, we could feed every hungry person in the world, we could say every prayer, every novena, and they would not even come close, not even in any sense come close 
to sanctifying grace that's given by one sacrament. So that's sanctifying grace, God dwelling within us. The other one that's kind of interesting is called actual grace. It's very spontaneous, right? So I'm walking along the road, I see a poor man, my heart is moved, give that man some money, or go get that person some food. Uh, that's actual grace, it's the Holy Spirit. A thousand different ways in our lives, moving and shaping us, directing us, go here, go there, don't go there, say this, don't say this. Those movements where we're just out and about, and all of a sudden we just feel this push in our heart, you know, to you know, say this kind word, or call this person, or, or go this extra mile. That's actual grace. And the more we respond to that, the more we are strengthened in the life of God. The more we decline that, the more the, it becomes harder for actual grace to work. So St. Paul would tell us in, in his letter to the Ephesians, do not grieve the Holy Spirit that dwells within you. So when, we, when the Spirit moves us and we say, nah, I'll, I'll pass, <laughs> then, then the Spirit is grieved, right? So we have to dwell constantly with this attentiveness to actual grace. So what is the Holy Spirit asking me? What is the life of God asking me in this particular moment? And, and actual grace is, is the name we give to that movement of the Spirit within our souls. Well, I mean, it's, it's it's beautiful, and thank you for that explanation in regards to, um, and as you kind of said, I think fundamentally it comes to this understanding that, um, I mean, so often and so many times we, we kind of kind of make it where we don't really understand to the depth in regards to understanding, like, yes, we have divine life in us through the working of the Holy Spirit, and how those those instances in which the Holy Spirit is prompting us, and how uh, we have God residing in us, and I think sometimes we kind of uh, what like we don't really understand the power of the Holy Spirit and what the Holy Spirit is able to do in our lives, and how God has given just such a grace to us um, through the gift of the Holy Spirit. It's beautiful, and it's a beautiful idea. So. Um, I just love the fact that we, helping remind ourselves that out of God's love for us, He gave us the Holy Spirit to reside within us. Well, and amen, I think. Amen. Go, go ahead, Father. Oh, yes, and I was just going to just, just to echo that you know, even the Lord Jesus, when He speaks of the Holy Spirit, he, he tells us that the Spirit does not speak of Himself. And the Lord goes on to tell us that the Spirit will blow where He wants, He moves wherever He wants. But even the Lord Jesus in His public ministry is saying, you cannot control the Holy Spirit, and the entire work of the Holy Spirit is to bring to fruition, to fulfillment, the work, the saving work of Jesus Christ. So his task is to bring about the kingdom of God. So, you know, it's powerful when we think about the dynamism of that, that, that me, I mean, who am I, right? But yet the Holy Spirit dwells within me, and he moves me and directs me in, in ways throughout my day that will expand and develop the kingdom of God on earth. So to do this act of kindness, to show this act of, ki- of, 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 of patience, to, to be merciful. Uh, in these small ways, every one of the baptized who responds in this way helps build and, and bring forth the kingdom of God. Well, that was very beautiful. I, I was going to say that I, I can sometimes see in my children the action of grace on them a lot easier than I see it in myself, because I, I think I get distracted by the world and I... I don't necessarily pay attention to those moments where I'm being prompted by the Holy Spirit to do that act of kindness or to be patient or to even just remember my baptismal call and my <laughs> my duties. Uh, so I think that mm-hmm. t- to have this uh, this available to us to 
be inspired by this and to be aware, intentional, intentional with our understanding of how this grace is moving in us and working with us, I think is a very great opportunity. So when we come back from a break, Father, I want you to just maybe describe how the the book is laid out, what what our listeners would expect when they pick up your book to read and what they might find within each of those chapters. Wonderful. Thank you. So, well, we're going to take a quick break here on Real Presence Live. When we come back, we're going to continue this discussion with Father Jeffrey Kirby. Stay with us. There's more Real Presence Live to come on the Real Presence Radio Network. Do you know a priest who has made a difference in your life or at your parish? One who has helped you through a loss, discern an important decision, or celebrated the sacraments with you and your family? Real Presence Radio would like to know about these amazing priests. Visit our website at realpresenceradio.com slash contact to nominate your priest. And each week on Real Presence Live, we will recognize one of our priests with a dozen donuts generously donated by a local business. Help us honor our fathers by nominating your priest today. Hello, this is Mike Kidrowski, Director of Advancement for Real Presence Radio with a creative gift planning tip. Have interruptions impacted your charitable giving? If you feel like you have less to give this year or are waiting until you get through these recent challenges, we want to let you know about some creative gift options that won't cost you a dime this year. For example, you could designate Real Presence Radio as the beneficiary of all or percentage of your IRA or make RPR beneficiary of a percentage of your estate or specific asset. Make a bequest commitment gift this year without impacting your savings or investments. To learn more about the benefits of making a charitable bequest, please visit our plan giving website at rprlegacy.org or call me at 701-290-4503. Let's get started. Hi, I'm Carrie Dew, the Executive Director of Riverview Place in Fargo. The blessing of our foundation built on faith and our sense of fellowship strengthens our sense of safety, security, and community. This is what the region has come to rely on at Riverview Place for the past 35 years. We'd love to have you join us. Call 701-237-4700 to set up a tour today or check us out at homeishere.org. You're listening to Real Presence Live. Now, back to more inspirational and uplifting stories and a look at the extraordinary things happening in our local area. Heard right here on the RPR Network. Well, good morning. This is Brett Eckert and Karen Gibis from Rapid City, South Dakota, live to you from the Mustard Seed Catholic Bookstore. Um, right now, we, we're in a great conversation with Father Jeffrey Kirby uh, out of South Carolina, and, and he, he has this new book called Glory Unto Glory, a primer on ascetical theology. And we've kind of been discussing uh, what aesthetical theology is um, and kind of looking at the, the structure of this new book. And I know... Uh, once again, I'm going to shoot it over to Karen because we have kind of had during the break had uh, some good discussion in regards to the structuring of the book. As, as people are going to pick it up, hopefully, Glory unto Glory, a primer on aesthetical theology, um, kind of what they can expect. We kind of said it's a deeper understanding of uh, really truthfully the charisma, those individuals, like as we say yes to the charisma, the basic gospel proclamation, but it's deeper. 
So we're going to go ahead and dive into that a little bit. Well, Father, when I was looking through the introduction, there was a beautiful explanation of what our listeners would find within each chapter. Can you maybe um, outline the basic, uh, the expectation that our listeners would have if they did get your book, what they would find within those chapters, and then maybe give us some examples of what that looks like? Yes, yes. Well, thank you. And and, and I would say I wanted to make sure that in in, in writing the book, uh, as we mentioned, this is for those disciples of the Lord who have now taken those first initial steps. I wanted to make sure that we didn't just provide instruction, but also practical guidance. So you can imagine the person who reads the book and says, okay, um, I'm convinced. Now, Now what do I do? And I didn't want to leave the readers of, of Glory into Glory in that situation. So every chapter ends with a whole spiritual segment. So basically, now what can you do with this? With this, with this, this teaching that you've received, uh, what can you do? So the whole section, at the end of, of each chapter, is a whole section just on the spiritual life. So how can we pray the Mass? How can we uh, do different forms of meditation within the life of the Church? It, it presents different meditations. So... Um, one meditation is called composition of place. It means we use our spiritual imagination to compose in our minds a scene from the scriptures or from uh, sacred doctrine, and we put ourselves in that situation in order to encounter the Lord. That's, that's called composition of place. It's an ancient prayer form. There's also a prayer form called Pustinia, and, and that's a unique word. It comes from, from Russian, actually. Uh, and, and Pustinia is the opposite, where we clear our minds of everything. And we just sit and we wait for God to give us a word, right? So we sit in silence, clearing our minds as best we can, and so on. So, so the end of each chapter goes to these different prayer forms. Also, of course, our more traditional prayer forms and some prayers that people recognize. And it puts all them in context so that after the person reads this chapter and says, Wow, I didn't know this about the spiritual life. I didn't know this about my relationship with the Lord, the relationship of the Lord with humanity. And, and now they, they feel compelled. That actual grace is moving, right? And, and, and they want to begin to pray. Well, right there at the end of the chapter, there's all this information, all these resources in order to help them uh, really dive into the spiritual life. Well, I think that's absolutely fascinating when the sense of they, you know, that it's more than just here's what it means, but here's how you do it. Yes. And, uh, Amen. Yes, and I tell you, if I could just say, Karen, like, a lot of times spiritual books, like, there are some really good books out there on the spiritual life, they don't get, they don't provide that. And, and I'm sometimes so confused, like, how can you write a whole book compelling people, convincing people how important prayer is, and then you never give them any guidance on how to do it? Yeah, exactly. And it's just plenty of times where you're like, I, I have this Lenten thing I'm going to do. I'm going to pray better. I'm going to, I'm going to learn this. I'm going to do some Bible reading. I'm going to do, and you get all worked up. You're going to, you have big goals and you find this, this is the book. This is, you know, my, my best friend recommended this book and you get there and you're like, huh, but how do I apply <laughs> it? How do I do this? I don't understand how I'm supposed to put this into action. So I think this is going to be a great resource for, I mean, I can't wait to get my copy and give it to my kids. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Here's how you pray, children. <laughs> yes, <laughs> just throw them right into the deeper stuff. It's good. <laughs> well, I'll say this: that at the end of every chapter, as I mentioned, there's these spiritual resources, and one of them is actually an examination of conscience. 
So, for example, if someone were to, to have read the chapter and say, okay, I, I get this, this is enlightening, I, I didn't know this, and they're still not sure exactly, okay, how does this, all this teaching now, apply to, to my life? And the examination of conscience provides about 10 questions that's meant to help guide the reader to apply these spiritual truths to their own discipleship, and then by applying these truths to their, to their own life, to this examination of conscience, they're then able to say, oh, okay, this is what I have to pray for, or this is what I've been missing, or this is the next step in, in, in this prayer that, that I've been uh, trying to do, and so on. So, so uh, as I say, the book really is meant to be kind of a, a workshop, you know, kind of in the trenches. Uh, it, it, it's, you know, I realize that the subtitle, A Primer on Aesthetical Theology, can, can seem a little off-putting. I wanted to make sure we kept that. Uh, we talked about maybe putting uh, Introduction to the Spiritual Life, but I really thought, no, we need to retrieve some of our language. But, but with that said, none of the book is going to be over anyone's head. Uh, whenever a, a longer term is introduced, it's explained, applied, a pastoral story is given. So someone can say, oh, okay, I get that. Now, I didn't know that word. It's kind of a big word, but I get this now. So, so no one should be concerned that if they pick up this book, they're somehow going to be overwhelmed or somehow this is beyond them. No, no, this book, this is, this is the spiritual teaching given to us uh, by the Lord Jesus uh, in order to help us to understand our call to have communion with God. So would this be a book that I um, would hand, we homeschool, I homeschool my children, my husband assists at times, but <laughs> would this be a book that I would hand my high schoolers or my middle schoolers in, to try to help them understand other aspects that they are they're learning in their faith? Just to give you an example of, of, of an application to your question, there was a time where uh, in the history of the church, young men would enter the novitiate for a religious order, or even a high school seminary at, you know, 14, 15, 16 years old, right? And this type of instruction that you find in Glory into Glory is what they would have been started with, right? So so in terms of middle school, high school, of course, we live in different times, but I think if you have a, a middle schooler who's really, you know, advanced and, and you know, interested in the things of God, uh, definitely Glory into Glory could be a resource. I think a high schooler, definitely, like if if they have a, a basic relationship with the Lord, I think it could be a huge introduction in terms of the next step in their spiritual life. Uh, regrettably, I think that um, most middle schoolers and high schoolers probably are not there in our society today, although I've met some really impressive homeschoolers <laughs> <laughs> that, that this might apply to. So, uh, so it could, and I think that, of course, the parent would have to uh, guide a little bit uh, more uh, as, as the age might be younger. But none of this is beyond comprehension. Like, uh, you know, what, what I wanted to do is introduce these beautiful aspects of our sacred doctrine. I put a lot of scripture in there. Um, you know, that I think is, is maybe the addition to some of our ascetical tradition. The past had these great teachings in ascetical theology, but then there was no scripture, right? It, it was a different time. We approached theology in a different way. So I tried to take that traditional teaching, but just flood it as much as I could with scripture and quotes from the Catechism of the Catholic Church, and so on. So, so I think it could apply. This book can can be an easy read to anyone, even to younger Christians who are at the point where um, they're interested and they have a parent to guide them. 
Well, and I think it's it's beautiful as as you're kind of uh, saying ways in which this can be used. I mean, <laughs> I'm just sitting here, so I uh, I am in charge of the RCIA program, and I'm just like this would be amazing for um, just individuals who are who are journeying into this and desire to know more, and then giving them realistic ways. Because I think one thing um, I'm glad we have <laughs> the RCIA process, um, but so many times after people make this formal declaration, it's like then what, and just. Mm. The, the, the straightforward methodology of, of giving them actual practical ways because so many times we'll say, oh, great, you're uh, like, yeah, you made a declaration for the Lord, but at the same point, and then if we just say, well, now go pray, like dive right. deeper into prayer. It's, yeah, I'm like, this is beautiful because what's what's fun is when you're saying these different, um, the compositional compositional place and plusenia, uh, when you're saying these ways, these are things that we, that, help us draw deeper into what Christ is trying to reveal to us personally, uh, specifically in the scriptures. It's like the Odivina, um, but now I actually have the term for it, but it's beautiful to be able to, to have a resource that that kind of lays this out, that people can walk together and, and grow in this uh, this reality of Christ speaking to them within the scriptures. So it's beautiful, and I love the, the idea that glory... Um, so, the book is Glory Unto Glory, a primer on aesthetical theology. Reminder, don't get overwhelmed by the big words. Um, but I mean, like, if you also think, like, that's also kind of our faith. As you said, like, instead of us kind of watering down our terminology, I think the most beautiful thing is when we actually use our terminology. When we when we use these big words mm-hmm. that people are kind of confused by, um, but they speak to a deep, deep truth, such as transubstantiation. People will be like, whoa, what the heck? <laughs> what, the, what are you talking about? And it's overwhelming, but the beautiful element is there's a reason to it. Uh, so where can they get the book, Father? Yes, yes. So the book's available through the uh, publisher, uh, Angelico Press, also through any local Catholic bookstore. Uh, they can order it, and if necessary, they can go uh, to Amazon. Okay. Oh, well, thank you so much, Father, for being on with us today here on Real Presence Live. We appreciate all your insight, and this book is in my... It's a winner already. <laughs> I can't wait to get a copy all right. of it. So thank you so much. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. God bless you all. God bless. Well, we're going to take a break, but when we come back, we have Jacques Daniel in the house, sitting here waiting to tell us so much. I will find out more about that when we get back here on Real Presence Live. Live, engaging, and local, this is Real Presence Live, where we bring you positive and uplifting stories and share the great things happening in our local area on the Real Presence Radio Network. 